Greetings, adventurers. It's time for OGRPG. A weekly journey into the realms of 8 and 16 and 32-bit RPGs. This week, we return to our adventures in Final Fantasy I for the NES, Part 2. So we are back. Uh, sorry about the delay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, but our cat chose to use its breath weapon on the laptop we normally record with. But now we have a we have established a workaround, so we're here to finish what we started and save the world of Final Fantasy. Where did we and, leave off last week? Well, um, we left off just after defeating Garland, who's the first quote-unquote boss in this game. Right. But, but there were a few things that... Um, Upon listening to it later, I realized that we kind of missed over, and I'd like to go back and hit up some errata, if you will. Well, what do you got? Well, first of all, there's a, a class feature of the Black Belt that we didn't actually talk about, and uh, shame on us, because it's kind of neat, and it's that if the Black Belt does not equip any armor, their absorb rate, you know, which decreases the amount of damage, higher the absorb, the less damage you're taking from hits, uh, will be equal to their level. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't talk about that. Which is a little weird, and there's really only a small window in the, like, early-mid-game. Where, where that's it, not true. Where, well, I mean, where it actually works out in your favor. Most of the time, you know, you, you would want armor anyways. The bug comes into play where every time you level up, the game will automatically reset your absorb to your equal to your level, no matter what you have equipped. So, so you have to, like, go back into yeah. the, the armor menu just do it. You don't have to like actually change anything or do anything. You just have to like pop in, pop back out. A lot of times I can really come back to bite you, you know, later in the game, you know, when you're going to have your defense will be way higher than your level. So you just want to kind of remember that when you, you have black belt and make sure you check, you know, just pop into your armor screen every time. And you, you can even see it in your stat screen. If you go and check, like you level up and go check it. You're level six, and it'll say six. And then you pop into the armor screen, come back, and maybe it says eight or whatever you have. So you, you can always make sure it's there. Yeah, so take full advantage, but don't forget don't forget about it. For sure. Um, also, uh, we didn't really talk about the uh, inventory system of Final Fantasy One. So for inventory, um, you can only hold 99 of an individual thing. But the, the big thing is that... This was, at least for me, the first game I played where you had a party inventory mm. wide. You know, it wasn't like in uh, Dragon Warrior games before where each each character had eight items that they could hold and that's it. Yeah, but in this case, it's whatever anybody gets. Everybody can uh, everybody can use items like from that pool, regardless of who picked it up. Yeah. Wherever you bought it, everyone can use it. Sure. sure. I mean, not your equipment, but just your, you know, um, there's a bunch of, they're mostly just healing items and story items, to be honest. There's not a lot really going on here. No. But it was just cool that, for example, like you said, you can hold up to 99 of the heal potions, which you'll probably want to do at, at least once or twice throughout the game. You know, in a, say in Dragon Warrior, you couldn't hold 99 ma medicinal herbs. That's not happening. You know, you're not getting that many of those items. You just didn't have the inventory system for it. So it's pretty cool. Which is funny because uh, in Final Fantasy, there are potions. So I just assume they all come in little glass bottles. You'd be clanking around. Clanking around. Yeah, you can for have 99 sure. yeah. of them. <laughs> now, um, we mentioned that it's not this case for equipment. The equipment, you know, your weapons and armor specifically. You know, we kind of talked about the armor screen earlier. 
where this is more similar to the Dragon Warrior system where, you know, you have your weapon screen where each character has four slots that they can hold up to four weapons and equip one. And the same thing for the armor, which can be a kind of a problem. It's kind of, it's unfortunate that they didn't quite make the full jump to just having all these things be in the party treasure that most, at least Final Fantasy games would come to have as the default uh, pretty early on. But here, so you're really limited in that, especially for armor, where there are certain weapons and armor that if you use them in battle, they'll they'll cast a magic spell. And however, since you can only carry four pieces of armor and almost all the characters can eventually use four pieces of armor at once when you have all four of your slots equipped, it really makes some uh, some inventory nightmares at the end of the game where you can't even pick up armor out of chests because you don't have room. It's, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, those times are very sad. Did we mention that, um, so you have armor and weapons, and those are two different um, menus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have four armor slots, four weapon slots, yeah, regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not you can use whatever items are resting in those spots, but you have to manually equip. Yeah, you got you got to equip your gear. Mm-hmm. And one last thing about um, the items, or I mean, I guess it, this ties into inventory really too, is that anytime you buy anything, you are buying them one by one. And like I mentioned earlier, when you want 99 heal potions, you're going to have to buy them 99 times. Yep. And it takes three button presses to buy one. Yeah. It's rough. Um, I recommend if you have a, a controller with a turbo feature, just putting a book or something with just enough weight to hold that bad boy down. And then, uh, you know, three and three minutes and 30 seconds later, you'll have yourself... 99 heals. I think, did we also mention that um, when you go into a shop, it has its own unique music? Like when you're inside the shop, own unique music. And every time you buy something, it starts that song over again. So if you're going to buy something, if you're going to buy 99 of something, you're going to hear that song the first like two seconds of that song 99 times. You don't need to be in that room. Get out of that room where it's going on. Let the computer do it for you. (laughs) I think you already said this. There's like quest items. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything with them, but they're they're all sitting in your item inventory menu. Mm-hmm. Even though you can't use them, you can still hit them, you know, like select them as if you are going to use them. And they all have like their own little description. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little fluff text yeah. or, or something. So that, that's nice. All right. That's enough covering our, our behinds for messing <laughs> up last week. Uh, sorry. We were just so excited because we both love this game. So let's get back to it now. Um, but first on the agenda, you know, we're here. We have... Yeah, we are. We've defeated Garland, uh, but we really didn't talk about the enemies on the way there. So I thought maybe we could uh, sprinkle a few of them in here that, you know, early on, starting off straight out of Corneria or Corneria. I keep getting it mixed up because... Corneria? Well, there is also... There's Corneria and Conaria, and one of them is from Star Fox. And one oh. of them is from Final Fantasy, and I've always gotten them confused ever since. And I, I, every time I straighten them out, and I think I've got it, and then I try to talk about it. So, sorry, uh, fans of both games, if I'm offending you with my inability. Let's not look it up, though. Let's do, uh, let's do all of Final Fantasy episodes, oh, no. and then we'll check it at the very end and, and see which one was right. Well, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to have to alternate every other one so that I'm, I'm half right no matter what. I'm just going to go, karoo but so right away, you, probably the first enemies you're going to run into, you know, are, are weak, fair, like imps. Imps. And they look like gnomes, but evil gnomes with like hook noses and they have like a curved knife. So, yeah, uh, imps, I always thought of them as looking like goblins to me. But again, kind of comparing it to D&D, 
goblins are one of the default early weak monsters. So I always thought of them as, as that. Um, you might also see the Grimps or maybe Gray Imp. It's a it's a G R capital imp. G lowercase R dot imp. Yeah. So yeah, I refer to them as Grimps. They look more purpley. I, I used to think of it as Gray Gray Imp, but maybe it's Great Imp. It's you know because we will see this come up later where there are ogres that since they these particular ones the Gur ogres or green, I always called them Grogers or, you know, green ogres. I, so who knows what they really wanted it to stand for. But either variety of them are pretty weak. Uh, you probably see some wolves. Wolves. Although you do, you might see a mad pony if you're in the forest. And those are probably the toughest monster that's out here. So that's when it's time to bust out the, uh, the spells if you've got them because they're pretty tough. Yeah, and you only get one of those at a time. But with grimps and wolves, it's, it's not usually just one. It's at least yeah. two, and sometimes it can be the whole screen. You, know. you can fight up to nine creatures. It's one of my favorite features of this game because I love that you can be outnumbered by enemies. I always feel like it's too easy, or it just seems like when you are in most RPGs, you have a party of three or four, and at the most you might fight three or four enemies, but usually it's you fighting one or two of these creatures, and you just mob them. But here it feels a little more, uh, I don't know, feels a little more fair. It's a little bit like D&D, too. When you start out at low levels, I mean, you can fight, you know, you start out, you're fighting like swarms of insects or like a bunch sure, of rats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and to be fair, one of the, the few things that I think the mages and wizards hold up against is fighting large numbers of enemies because they get all of the spells that affect them. You know, those the damage value of the spells don't always age well but being able to attack multiple creatures does it's 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 nice right but we'll we'll see later not at this point we're just getting uh, physical attacks from our monsters but later we're going to see where um, monsters have similar spells where one of them casts oh, a spell yeah, yeah. it's going to affect everybody in the party and then if you fight multiple of those monsters and each one of them is doing something that's going to affect everybody yeah, in the party. And yeah, it's going to be a real drag. You're and in I, for a I, world of hurt. I know when we're going to come up to it and we'll complain about it then too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So back to the quest. So, you, you know, fighting these pretty weak enemies, I think the toughest thing, you you know, you might see some weak undeads in the Temple of Fiends, but for the most part, you're fighting overland enemies as you cross the bridge to the future. Uh, you get the first, uh, it's a pretty cool little uh, title sequence kind of that, you you know, caught me off guard the first time. But it shows a neat little like silhouette of your characters, you know, over the bridge. You can see the the castle behind you, and you're you know you're going forth. You get some pretty uh pretty sweet music played there. Yeah, it's music that's reserved for special occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this, they give you credits and stuff there. And uh, it, it's one thing that's cool because um, I, it, we didn't mention it last time, um, but the fact that you right away go defeat the evil wizard and rescue the princess, and your very first thing is kind of a dig. At Dragon Quest. How so? Well, because in that, you know, the whole game, it's like, oh, it took you half the game to rescue the princess. But here, that's the first thing you do. Like, it's this is the real deal. Like, I don't know if, you know, how intentional it was, but it's just pretty funny. That, and you've already set all that behind you now. Okay, so we're heading north onto um, a new continent that previously couldn't be accessed. Yeah, and uh, we did get some clues uh, from some townsfolk over there in Corneria. And, uh, you know, they've talked about the city Provoca to the east and Matoya's Cave to the north. And so I always just go to Matoya's Cave. Uh, granted, I know where I'm going, so it kind of makes sense to just get it out of the way now. But I do recall, like, skipping it with the first time I played and not realizing it was there and having to go back and hit it up after I went to Provoca. 
Yeah, I I mean, I just skip it because I already know it's there. You really don't need to go there. There's a couple potions you can get. I, a, a couple treasures with like a potion and maybe a tent or something. You, you know, you can get a few, a little bit of that, but it, it's not really necessary to go to at this point if you don't want to. I'll tell you a good thing about going to it, though, is the, the enemies that are nearby the cave are all ogres. Yeah, when you cross that bridge, uh, the enemies do increase in powers to where now you'll be seeing uh, great wolves, I guess, um, ogres, ogres around here, creeps are, are around, uh, you know, which might be a little beyond your ability at this point. Ogres do some serious damage, especially at these levels, so it might be best to run from those if you're not fully healed. Unless you did some grinding up to level <laughs> five before you even went to see Garland. That's that's true. Um, when I'm rolling through here, I'm normally level two or three, so. Yeah, because you just jam on over to Garland, don't you? Uh, typically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just beat him and then get moving. And, you know, I'll head up there, hit up Matoya's cave. And real quick, I'm going to take a little second for a music corner because this is one of my favorite songs from this. It's definitely my favorite song from this game, but it's one of my favorite songs from the whole NES library. It's the music played in Matoya's cave. And it's so, um, well, here, let, let's have a listen. Yeah, I, it's it's so it's so neat. It's so medieval, and uh, I just I, I really love it. Uh, it. It crops up a couple times throughout this game, and and it's definitely one of the few uh, songs from back then that I would just I would let it play on the Nintendo and just listen to it on the TV. You know, I'm sure. Ugh, now I think about it, it drives me crazy wasting all that power, wearing out your NES. But mm-hmm. I, why, I, why are we still talking? Let's just listen to that. It was good. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that one's always uh, inside too, right? Anytime you hear that, it means mm-hmm. that you're inside a dungeon or castle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, after you jam out in Matoya's cave, or, you know, maybe before that, you've headed... Yeah, if you're me, you've gone straight to Provoca. Yeah, which you can kind of wind your way east. There are quite a few, um, you know, little patches of forest and stuff. I almost always seem to fight an iguana in the small desert that I cross on the way there. Iguanas, man, them's good XP too. They they are tough. They're not not quite ogre level, but you know uh, you can make it. Now you normally will level up right before to level three, I think. Right when I just usually right outside of Provoca. Yeah, that's not a grind spot for me outside Provoca. There's not there's there's nothing there yeah. oh, to, to keep me there anyway. I don't grind there. It's just normally the rhythm that I've. You know what I mean? I just happen to level up normally right as I'm about to get there. Right. All right, and then we've reached the the fair harbor city of Provoca. Yeah, yeah, uh, nice little uh, village here. No castle, but uh, as soon as you come in, you are greeted with townspeople who tell you help. Because the town is under siege by pirates. Treacherous pirates. This is one of the worst designed towns, I think. I hate it, but you have this like promenade. You have to walk straight up through the whole length of the town where you get to the inn, and then it opens up to the left and right, and you can backtrack down either side to get to the stores and stuff. So whoever the civil engineer who designed Provoca, man, they're on notice as far as I'm concerned. Because in other towns, there there aren't really buildings that, you know, are not item shops, magic shops, or weapon and armor shops. But in Provoca, most of the buildings 
you can't even go into. All they do is block your path. And there's no, there aren't exits to the, the sides. You have to walk back in through the entrance. So it's really wholly inconvenient. I'll say. But when you're in there, you want to go straight to the pirate captain looking fellow. Yeah, in the northwest of the town. Captain Bick. Bick, Bicky, Bikey. I don't know. How do you, how do you really say it? Um, and uh, as soon as you uh, talk to him, uh, you are attacked by a group of nine pirates. Which uh, individually aren't very strong or scary. No, they're not strong at all. This is a very easy fight. Yeah. Uh, it seems intimidating. This might be the first time you've encountered nine of anything. Uh, I remember Nintendo Power advising you to buy the sleep spell to use here because it's the first spell you can use that will target all of them. Mm. But What's... it's wholly unnecessary. You can kill at least two or three every turn, and they barely do any damage anyhow. Mm-hmm. But once you slay these crappy pirates, uh, they will give you their boat. So landlubbers no longer. And Captain Bick stays there too. Where where you meet him in the Northwest, he never moves from that spot. Anytime you go back to Provoca, he is still there. For some reason, the townspeople haven't run him out of town for, you know. No, well, you know, he apologized and gave up his, his boat, which is apparently the only ship in the world. Right, and he gave us his boat. Like the people of Provoca, <laughs> they could use that boat too. Well, you know, we'll, we'll give it to them when we're done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're here. Fresh boat, but we also have a fresh town with all new stuff to buy. And uh, so as far as like weapons and stuff go, there's some minor improvements here. You can get a short sword for your fighter. It's a little on the pricier side. I don't know if you could afford that quite yet. I say save your money, though, for the next town. Well, generally, I do like to get a short sword just because you are going to be uh, doing some grinding before you'll be able to even afford the next tier of weapons so uh, this really helps for fighting uh, ogres and some aquatic enemies that we'll be encountering soon so short sword who can use that i know you said fighter but who else can use I think, that i think the fighter and the red mage are the only ones um you can pick up a scimitar if you have a thief but it's it's not as good as the short sword armor wise there's iron armor that you know and you can pick up some gloves and maybe a wooden shield for the people who can use those to start rounding out those extra slots of armor but you can also get some spells here. And, uh, you know, this, like, we can start with the White Magic store, which sells level two White Magic spells. You may or may not be able to use them at this point. I think you have to be either level three or four as a White Mage. And Red Mages are usually a level behind before they can access the same spells. What spells are available? <laughs> okay, well, some, some real stinkers here, I'll tell you. This is one of the, uh, this, I never even buy any of these. You can get Lamp. What does that do or not do it cures the dark that you might get once or twice yeah. in this entire game well or you can get it all the time but it does not work it's another bug the darkness bug it does not affect you it'll say you're a dark but it will not uh, influence your stuff making the spell useless you can also get mute which is somewhat effective where if you use that on a spellcaster, they will not be able to cast spells anymore if it works. Yeah, I, I had it work a few times. I used to swear by it uh, for certain battles, but uh, in retrospect, it doesn't seem to work out consistently. I must have just got lucky. Mm-hmm. You can also get A-Lit, which is the anti-lightning spell. So I guess this one's okay, which will cast... It'll render all four members of your party resistant to the uh, lightning spell damage or thunder damage, you know, however you want to... Electrical damage. How long does a spell like that last? Is it for the entire fight? I think so, yeah. Okay. And you can get invis or invisibility, which is a nice little buff here, but generally, the okay, because these spells cost 400 gold. Previously, level one spells only cost 100, so this is getting steep. You know, the short sword is 550 gold, and enemies are not dropping that much right away, so 
generally I just skip the level two white magic spells the first time through. That's what I'm saying. Ogres. Ogres by Matoyas. Those are a um, hundred gold pieces every oh, time. They, they are a, worth a ton of uh, XP and gold. They're both they're They're definitely where you want to be grinding. But there's other places where you can get money and... Well, there's another place you can spend it at the Black Magic store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Black Magic fares a little better than um, the White Mage. You can get uh, the Dark Spell, which I believe does work on enemies. So it there's something for you there. But really, the showstopper here is the Ice Spell. It's your level two attack spell. It has, has the ice elements attached to it. So fire type enemies will take extra damage. And it's just generally stronger than fire or lightning. So it's good to have. You'll find it useful against ogres as well as uh, sharks. Where are you going to fight sharks? In the water. Um, <laughs> and then just real quick, you can get the spell Temper, which is supposed to buff up your weapons, but does not. It mm-hmm. is bugged. And you can get the spell Slow, which counters uh, fast spells. And uh, I never really use this against enemies. Maybe it's worth it, but I've never found any use for it. No. Save no your money. Either. Just ice is really the only real get of magically in this town. Yeah, better than slow is sleep. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's a first level spell, so, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> way to let us down, Provoka. So, yeah, you might, um, now I typically will grind a little around here because the truly easiest money for me is out in the boat fighting. Uh, you'll fight some enemies like Sahags, Sea Hags. Uh, they're, they're worth good, their experience isn't the best, but for their level of challenge, they're worth pretty good gold. Yeah, but every time you fight them, it's like you can get up to nine it's it's never it's never less than six, I don't think. That's a lot of money then, man. You just got to power through. Um, you know what else is funny about them is, uh, you know, every time you enter into a battle, the monsters are always um, oriented to the left of the screen. It's like reading where it's like if there's one or two, they're on the left-hand side of the screen. But say hags, they're oriented to like the far right hmm, of yeah. the battlefield. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I never, never really noticed. Um, although... The Sahags are frequently paired with odd eyes, those eyeball things. You want to, they're, they're pretty weak, but they will paralyze you. They'll stun you. So watch out. Yeah. Which I've got an awesome story about being paralyzed coming up. Oh, there's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and the true killer of the sea, of course, is the shark. This is a big, tough enemy. And at this level, I run away from them. They're too tough. Uh, you'll frequently find that. It, you do a lot more misses at first on the boat. The enemies are a little tougher to hit than, say, on land, but I just think they're worth it. And especially, I almost forgot, my favorite enemy on the sea is the Kaizoku. Yeah, the Kaizoku. They look like the same, they're the same sprite as the pirate, but they uh, are blue, and they're worth like 180 gold apiece. Like, you can kill two or three of them and get a king's ransom. You know, now that I think about that, the pirates, the Kaizoku, those are like the only human enemies that you ever fight what other human enemies are there uh, bad man oh bad man <laughs> much later but yeah most of the enemies are creatures which is good because we don't want to kill people yeah gross yeah so um i usually grind a little bit around here but not for very long it's really enough to get that short sword and the ice spell and maybe the iron armor but that even that because uh really you are given a little uh leeway to explore here you've got uh your boat and if you think of you know, there's a little uh, enclosed sea now that you can uh, sail around at your at your at your whims and explore a few different places. Yeah, the inner sea is what it's called, and you cannot leave it. Yeah, you can sail back to Coneria and take advantage of their more modestly priced inn, should you so choose. 
to the northwest of Corneria, you, there you will see a port, but with no town nearby. But if you explore, you will quickly find a cave that's populated by dwarves. Yeah, and um, so you meet the dwarves. You go into their their underground, I don't know, mine. I guess. I mean, yeah. that's what dwarves do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few of them in there. Um, I know one of them tells you he can. Uh, he wants some adamant, which I mm. think is short for adamantium. Yeah, yeah. And you know it's special because it's in all capital letters oh, when he yeah. mentions it. That's a that's a story item, baby. Mm-hmm. And then another dwarf that you meet in there tells you about another all caps item, which is TNT. Yeah, he wants to make a canal. A canal joining the inner sea with the outer sea, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, more importantly to me, at least at this juncture, there are a few treasure chests you can open. Which there's a couple hundred gold in there, which can help you for this first crunch of level grinding. You know. Because our uh, one of the other the other real destination right now on the inner sea is the Elf Town, which is uh, pretty much straight south of Corneria. Um, you can sail in there. Uh, there's a little port where almost right away it's it's covered in forests, which you want to watch out. They're full of wolves and arachnids, which are poisonous. So in general, run away from all poisonous enemies. They're never worth it. All of this talk of sailing actually makes me want to listen to the ship music. Um. Oh. Okay. If that's possible. Yeah. Yes. It's good stuff. I mostly just like the wave. The sounds yeah. of the waves. It's Yeah, I, this is some of my favorite music, too. I really yeah, like this. me too. Mm. Okay, so, um, yep. So you park in port. Just uh, basically just straight south of Corneria. Yeah, and that's where you will find... Um, there's a lot of new equipment and uh, magic items for sale in these towns. But if you are like a true light warrior, you'll probably check out the castle first to see what the story is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so Elfheim is... Uh, it's in the in a ring of trees. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the town is situated. Yeah, and then you see the, the castle and then the town. And the castle, the, the prince... Of the elves is is cast asleep by the evil dark elf Astos. Astos. And uh, only a magic herb from can wake him. I don't even know if they tell you it's from Matoya right here. No, you just know it's herb, all capital letters. Yeah. So you're looking out for a good old herb. Um, and there, are, I think there's a locked door or two in here, but mostly it's just full of uh, some castle people to talk with. The king is there too. I mean, he's the one who tasks you with. Saving his son from his eternal slumber. Oh, is that the king? I always thought of it as like a steward, but I guess it either way. It doesn't mm. matter. Um, but re- more importantly is you have a whole new town full of goodies that you can purchase. Um, there are level three and four spells for black and white magic available here. And uh, let's talk about them. So level three. Uh, you'll see these closer to the entrance. Um, level three white magic. You can get the anti-fire spell. Decent. Um, cure two. Now that's a buy because... Unlike, you know, this is the only way to restore more than 30 hit points in battle, you know, at a time. You know, when you're outside of battle, whatever, you can burn through 10 heal potions. But, you know, all of the cure spells are very important because you need them to heal quickly. You have the heal spell is available here, which heals your whole party a little bit. Which isn't a bad effect, but I don't think it's really worth it at this juncture. Because these are like 1,500 gold apiece, so getting up there. And finally, you get harm too, which harm is the... 
holy attack kind of uh, of this game where you know and it it affects multiple targets uh, as long as they're undead it will damage them all it's pretty cool yeah it's a buy for sure and then uh for third level black magic we have fire two standard you know multiple targets hitting them with fire doing more damage than before nice um you can get hold which paralyzes enemies uh, which is actually supposedly pretty useful i guess yeah against some bosses yeah like yeah. I know, uh, later on, like the Fire Fiend, I know Hold works on Carrie. Mm, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's this spell and another one that I think just works. Like as long as they have less than like 300 hit points or some number, it always works. And so a few bosses squeak under there, and that that makes it really good. Uh, you'll have Lightning Two, which is you know just like Lightning or Fire Two, really. Uh, it's Lightning damage to multiple opponents, so uh, very nice, especially when we're out with C now. And finally, you get Lock 2, which is meant to reduce enemies' evade, but does the opposite. It makes them harder to hit, so oh. don't buy that one. <laughs> the choice is clear. And now for level 4 spells. Uh, for white magic, we've got the anti-ice spell, you know. Nice. Keeping that moving. Anti-mute. Mm. I don't know how often you get muted <laughs> that it's worth a slot of spells. Uh, fear uh, apparently makes enemies run away. I remember playing with this a bit when I was younger because I wanted to like it, but it's really not worth it. No. And pure, uh, which just cures one character's poison as if it was a pure potion. But guess what? You can buy pure potions. Well, we should mention that uh, these spells, the level four ones, are 4,000 gold apiece. And so I've read, you know, you can buy 50 or 60 pure potions for the same price as this one spell. So is it worth it? I actually think so, uh, because later, you know, eventually you'll get so much money that this doesn't matter. And just saving you from having to go and buy pure, more pure potions, because you'll always have one or two. You usually don't need that many, and you can just use the spells so you don't have to restock them one by one from an item store. But you don't really need that many for the entire game. I, no, think, I, I know, think you can I just, know. like, stock up one time, and you'll be good. You'll be set for the whole game. Yeah, but they're, I mean, yeah, I, it, you know, that's to the individual, I guess. But if mm. you're lazy like me, you will buy it. Not right now, but later. So keep in mind, you come to this town and there are two black magic shops, two white magic shops. But don't forget, each one, they sell four spells, but you can only use three of each level. Yeah, you can right. only buy three of each level. So per character, choose wisely. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, for a magic suite of Elfland, uh, level four black magic spells you've got confuse which will possibly confuse various enemies into fighting each other it's all right meh i, I liked it before uh but it's not really worth a slot uh you have fast possibly one of the best spells and definitely one of the best spells yeah it's a must for sure this is kind of like would become haste in later games and it basically doubles the number of hits a character gets i guess or it increases your ability to deal physical damage greatly and it's a, a must-have. You have to get this. It turns already deadly fighters and black belts into death machines. You also can get Ice 2, which is multiple targets. Upgraded the ice. Uh, you want it. It's nice. And you can get Sleep 2, which uh, is just like Sleep. It, it affects multiple targets. I guess it can affect some stronger monsters, but I've never really messed with it. No, same here. No, I don't think I've ever bought it. So now that we've talked about all the magic that is available in Elfheim... What do you think are the most important? If you had to make a list of must-buys, what would you say? Oh, well, magically, um, probably Cure 2, Harm 2, 
Fire 2, Lightning 2, Ice 2. Uh, most of it's black magic at this point, you know. Yeah. Which, even though I really, just being able to, A, um, casting the upper level cure spells for the White Mage to, you know, to heal faster in combat, as well as, you know, every every cure one you have is a potion you don't have to buy. Not only economically, but in IRL time, you're saving yourself time. So they, they really do uh, pay for themselves in that regard. But more importantly than any of those things. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. What is it, Abby? Let's say it at the same time. All right. Silver Silver Swords. That's right. Uh, The weapon store, it's right by the entrance. Um, It has a few items. I think you can get your iron nunchucks here. Slight upgrade for the black belt. But you will see the silver sword. And it costs 4,000 gold. And you want it as soon as possible. Yeah, you want it as soon as possible. You are going to hang on to this thing for a long time, too, depending on who your characters are, I guess. But yeah, you got to get it, get it as soon as possible. And you are going to keep this thing for the majority of the game. Yeah. It seems unreasonable that you can buy a weapon in the third town that you go to and... It's, it's going to be yeah. that strong, that useful for um, well, almost uh, the whole game for some characters. It's, I mean, A, it is very expensive when you first see it, but it's totally worth it because no other items in the entire game, I think, have such a... Like, you'll get stronger swords, but, you know, compared to the previous sword, you know, this thing is such a huge jump in firepower that, granted, you have to be a fighter or a red mage to use it. So if you don't have one of those in your party, then, you know, you're saving yourself 4,000 gold pieces, but... Man, this this really makes uh, so much of the next game way more manageable. And one more piece of equipment that's actually you probably won't purchase quite yet, but it is uh, pretty nice is the copper bracelet. Oh um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I guess the equivalent of like a magic a bracelet or necklace. I don't know. I've seen it called different things, you know, in various FAQs and stuff. But I always call it the necklace. Anyways, this is one of the rare armors that, while not the best, is you know wizards can use it as well as the black belt. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's the best armor that anyone who's not a fighter will probably be able to afford sporadically. So, um, you know, you keep your eyes on those as you as you start raking in the gold. Because this little area now, um, where we're in, is kind of... I, I recall this from my initial playthroughs as a kid, and, uh, and I've seen this uh, sentiment reiterated elsewhere online where this is kind of a big grind fest of the game. You are probably about level four. I usually am when I get here. <laughs> you need to be at least level eight to enter the next true dungeon. And while there is some exploration, I think, that would cover for this, you know, sailing around, going to these different caves, and then, you know, kind of exploring the next chunk. Um, uh, one thing we failed to mention earlier when we talked about Matoya's cave is that, you know, she has a few talking brooms in it. And one of them tells you a backwards message that basically is that if you hold B and select at the same time, it brings up a map that you can see. And it doesn't have a lot of detail, but it does have little glowing dots in all the spots you want to go to. So using those, you know, maps and stuff, you you probably know where you need to go, but you're just not high enough level to make it there yet. So normally, um, I I believe Nintendo Power, this is probably where I got this from, and I've yet to uh, disprove it, um, kind of, is that uh, they would suggest that you, to the east of the Elf Town, there's some plains out there where you can roam around and fight. That seems to be the best place to fight ogres, and you'll find a lot of uh, wolves out there, too, but pound for pound, you just run away from them. Uh, you want to, uh, you know, because ogres and creeps, you know, that's where you're getting a couple hundred gold and about 100 XP every time, so you can just start grinding up and saving gold and experience. Yeah, and it's nice fighting ogres and creeps because you can just wail on them. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is where, okay, I, I bought that short sword for my fighter, so he gets a little more, you know, oomph. And you can buy, you can, it's arguable in my book. You know, the first two things you're going to want to buy from Elf Town are Fire 2 and the Silver Sword. Fire 2 is only 1,500 gold, so arguably, you know, you can get that sooner. That might be able to improve your profitability and your grinding, you know, uh, in gold pieces versus IRL time. But either way, um, they're definitely the first two purchases you want. And as soon as you can start casting Fire 2 and you have a Silver Sword, you may be able to take advantage of one of my favorite things in this whole game. I, um, and it is called various names, but I always like to call it the, the Peninsula East of Provoca, or as I like to call it for short, the Peops. And the rest of us call it the Power Peninsula. Well, anyway, you, any way you want to cut it. Um, basically, this is not really a bug, but it's a neat little uh, geographical feature kind of where there's some various little like valleys in between these mountains to the east of Provoca. You, you may have journeyed around there before, but it's really not a great place to wander around. There's a bunch of geists, which are undead, that will paralyze you. They're, they're a pain in the butt at this point and not worth fighting. But that's why you need harm too. You did not mention that. Fire too useful, harm too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, that's a distant third maybe in my, my purchase order, mm. you know, because you don't really, it, it does help. Don't get me wrong, but... Well, where we're going, we need harm too. Okay. Well, the key is is that uh, you eventually wander to the east and the north, and there is a small peninsula that the last four little sprite squares of it actually are in a different enemy encounter zone. One of the final ones in the game, so you can find some really outlandishly powerful monsters here. There are zombies, which are like zombie minotaurs. There's trolls. You can fight giants, which you don't want to mess with at all. Uh, sometimes you'll fight groups of frost wolves. Which you do not want to fight. Not ju- I mean, if you get lucky, if you can, you know, the, the key is, is that some of these monsters, namely zombies, trolls, and the frost wolves, are all weak against fire too. So you roll into this battle. I, hopefully you have a silver sword because then, if you don't, then any of your attacks are basically worthless. But you really just... You know, you want to use a tent right before you go in there and then start walking around the, the little tip of this peninsula hoping to fight these monsters. And that, you know, if a frost wolf pops up, then and you can get your fire two off before. It'll probably kill them all. And you'll get an insane amount of experience. Yeah, there are 400 each. Yeah, which at this point, like, you, going up a level is a few hundred. Like, uh, it's it's crazy. The thing about frost wolves, though, uh, the reason they're called frost wolves is they cast frost, which hits all of you yes and it will probably kill you almost definitely if they do they are by far riskier but you know the zombies are really where the safest bet is for xp because they're vulnerable to harm spells and fire and you can fight them um oh they're each worth um a thousand a thousand xp in a thousand gold it's it's nuts and your first battle you go up there you'll probably lose one or two people but the other two will go up a couple levels and then you know the next time you come back it's that much easier and it's 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 addictive in a way. Um, the last time I did it, I was purposely testing how long it would take me to get from level uh, six to eight, and it was just two fights. It took me ten minutes instead of having to grind it out with all these ogres over the course of a half hour or who knows how long. Yeah, definitely worth it. Do not skip it, and it's only in the NES version. Um, oh, is they change the maps in the other ones or? Yeah, I don't I don't think in later editions you can you mm. can. Uh, I'm not f- exploit really exploit it. Well, I'm not familiar with these editions, but <laughs> the key is that this you can level yourself up to just eight or, you know, as you keep leveling up, you get better at it and you can get so much gold and XP so fast that you can level up to, you know, eight, 
or level 10 or 12 to where the rest of the game is just a breeze. You won't have to worry about grinding ever again, and you can take care of it all here uh, relatively safely. So check it out, guys. It really, this was something that about 10 years ago or so, I read, remember reading about it, and it was news to me, and it really drew me back in because I, was, I had the new tool to exploit. So yeah, use this. Skip past all that. Make sure you're well-armored with all your favorite equipment from the Elf Town. And then you can uh, really start uh, back up into your quest again. And in this case, that will take us to, you know, you'll kind of snake down to the south and then to the west and then to the north of the elf town. Along the way, we'll see wolves, uh, asps. asps. Asps are out here. Asps, arachnids, green imps. Or green, green ogres. Wolves, green ogres. And guess what green things and asps and arachnids do they're all poisonous so hopefully you've got you're probably going to want at least 99 heal potions so you've probably suffered through that at least once and you're going to want some uh pure potions as well another fun detail about uh being poisoned or um (laughs) the the bad effect about being poisoned okay there's two things that are really bad about being poisoned one is that if you don't heal the poison person and you just continue walking around after the battle, then they are going to lose hit points for every step that you take. Sure, classic poison, as well as damaging you a little every round during battle. The other bad thing about uh, being poisoned, even when you can heal it, so which you're going to heal it, why wouldn't you? Right. But once you do heal that poisoned person, that person is at the bottom of the party. Yeah, it, it reorders your entire party so that that person gets moved to the back and... And you know what? We we didn't mention this either earlier. So whenever you're reordering your party, it goes to a special menu where you then have to trade locations with two people instead of just putting them in the order you want. Yeah, you can only swap them. It's like, um, I don't know if you've ever played uh, that Yoshi puzzle game. Oh, right, where right. All you can do is switch. Yeah, you yeah. Can, you can just switch two things. You can swap two things that are next to each other, and that's the only way that you can reorder your party. And you're going to have to do it every time one of them gets poisoned. Every time. It, it's pretty fresh. Or, you know, turn to stone or anything. So that, that gets pretty, uh, it's pretty annoying. Not the best ideas. But hopefully you won't get poisoned too much. On your way to the, the Northwest Castle, which uh, is a ruined looking castle. It's, it seems to be full of bats. I don't know if you have to fight enemies in here yet. <laughs> but there is one lone <laughs> elf who identifies himself as Astos. And he tells you that he wants the... The lost crown of the elf kingdom that is in a cave to the south in the marshes, or as we call it, the marsh cave. And this is our first uh, dungeon. We're going underground. There's levels, stairs. Yeah. You'll head south, you know, and and it's right at the tip of a kind of little marshy peninsula to the south outside some mountains. Um, And this is really the first big challenge. I remember barely getting through this one of the first nights I got to play it, you know, because this is a, a pretty big dungeon and can freak you out. And you know you're there because it's, um, you know you found it because it's just a hole in the ground. <laughs> That's right. You head down. Uh, it, yeah, and it's all like green. You have like pillars and stuff. Yeah. Here yeah. are these dulcet dungeon tones. Are you scared yet? A little bit of a Flight of the Bumblebee kicking in there, I think. This is a good dungeon to talk about something that is a really neat idea that they did in this game where... Okay, so, you know, this is the Marsh Cave, and right away it it kind of forks to the north and south. And, you know, the north has a few treasure chests. I usually go loot everything for most of these dungeons nowadays. I know what I'm doing, but, if you know, if you don't, you can just head south. You'll find some stairs going down either way. But this dungeon and many others after it have this where 
you will have two chests in the same dungeon, you know, separated by floors and different paths, but they have the same thing to where you can go into one and get, say, a copper bracelet or a silver knife, you know. And if you've already gotten that one, then the other ones are empty. Like, throughout this game, when you see empty chests and you're like, why would they just put this empty chest? Is that it probably wasn't empty. It's tied with another chest somewhere you already opened. So I, I've never really checked it out to find, like, the optimal treasure chest routes. But I just thought it was a neat trick to add a little sauce to it, I guess. I don't know. Well, for me, uh, so Marsh Cave, I don't, I don't do all of that. I don't do all of the um, ransacking or anything. I just go straight for the crown. Sure. There's not a lot of great stuff in this dungeon yet. No. Um, and there are um, areas that are locked. There mm -hmm. are a few in the in the bottom mm -hmm. dungeon. Um, I think unlocked you can find, I think there's some iron armor in here, as well as made in a copper bracelet somewhere. Those are the real good, that's the treasure you want. Silver bracelet. Well, there, the silver bracelet is locked at this point. But yeah, so you're going to keep adventuring down. Um, this dungeon is full of... Like, you'll find oozes, and I think scums, which, you know, poisonous enemies, they're uh, not really worth, you might even fight some cobras in here. Um, uh, generally, the slimes aren't worth fighting. I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember, it's ooze and, there's oozes and scums, and one of them is actually weak against physical attacks, and the other one is only weak against magic. So the one that's weak against physical attacks, I will fight that guy. That's no big deal, but I'm not wasting my precious few spells on these losers. Yeah, I just run from everything because I'm on a mission for the crown because what are we going to do with that crown? But, well, um, first, if you want to get there, you're going to adventure down to the lowest floor where there are many rooms with doors. You know, again, a few chests here you can get, maybe some money. Um, you know, check a map, see if it's worth it to you. I usually do get most of the money, but down in uh, one of these rooms, you will see a treasure chest that is guarded by a set encounter, and that is with the wizards. Or mind flayers. They are clearly mind more flayers. More like. Yeah. Um, they are mind flayers, and they are very tough. Uh, it's interesting that you'll have these guys. They're called wizards. Later, there's a uh, sprite swap of them called sorcerers. But they don't do any magic. They just have really strong attacks and are tough. So they're really more like fighters. It's, it's interesting. But um, Lightning 2 will ravage these foes. Um, they are very vulnerable to it. So between that and a silver sword, you should be easy peasy. And they're worth a pretty decent amount of XP and gold. So if you kill them, the chest immediately to the north will give you the crown. And if you're feeling saucy, you might even want to just back off that spot and then step right back on there and fight some more wizards if you want to. If In my case, and most people's cases, I think you probably, there are better places to level up. But, uh, you know, it's there. But, or, you know, even if you don't want to level up, watch out. Don't walk back up there. You have to backtrack all the way out of here? Or is it one yeah. of the cases where as soon as you do what you or in there to do it just transports you out yeah um no this is one where you have to backtrack because mm -hmm. the ones that teleport you out are generally just the four fiends yeah they have that like orb so you emerge from the marsh cave magic crown in tow and you can head back north to astos's castle to you know return it to him yep so bring the crown all capital letters crown back to astos in the western keep and what does he give you well, it gives you nothing. He mm -hmm. immediately laughs at you and tells you you're a fool. He says that he stole Matoya's crystal and that he will take that crown as well and instantly attacks you for a boss battle. And it's a relatively tough boss fight, actually. Um, yeah, he's got uh, he's got rub. He does have the rub spell, which is an instant death. So it's tough to get through this without him casting it once. It might, you might get lucky, it might not work. 
doesn't always work, but I generally find I almost always lose one person here. But other than that, casting fast <laughs> on your fighter and or black belt is your best route to damage, and then just trying to use your other people to heal, maybe support with some, I don't know if you have a spare ice two, fire two, you know. Or maybe you just did enough grinding in the first place so you can just smash him. Well, probably. It, it's it's easy to do. He is not the toughest boss. This was a boss that gave me an early prejudice towards using uh, the mute spell. Because the first time I fought him, I cast it in round one and it worked. And then, you know, one of the nice things is that if you mute an enemy, not only do their spells not work, but they waste a turn trying to do it. Oh, that's true. So uh, it was he was a piece of cake then. And he's really not that bad now. You defeat him, he will fall, and you can take that crystal back. So now begins a big hike back to the elf town through the long forest windy path. And once you're there, you can hop in your boat and head back to Matoya's cave. We give her that crystal, which she did mention. She's she's a blind old witch, and she uses a crystal to see. She you know our, at our first visit, we, she would have indicated this, so we knew to come here. You give her that crystal, and she gives you the herb to bring the elf prince back, or to wake him back up. Sleeping beauty. Yeah, and he's so thankful that he gives you the mystic key we wanted this whole time. Yep, the mystic key. So up until this point, uh, through our explorations, we've encountered uh, doors that you have to have a key to open. And where where have we seen those so far? Well, we saw them in Castle Corneria. We saw them in the Temple of the Fiends. We saw them in the Dwarf Cave. We saw them in the Elf Castle. And we saw them in Astos's Castle and in the Marsh Cave. So that's six hot locations we got to revisit there to go looting. And uh, what a joy. Since you start off right there, I usually, sadly backtrack all the way back to the marsh cave and loot that one first i just really it has in the bottom floor there's one there's one locked door that has a silver bracelet which is great armor and it's the best armor for your black belt for a long time so you can just get that and not worry about it uh now so i usually do that and then on the way back from that you can hit up astos's castle again i think there's a magic i think it's where you get like the power staff there's a magic staff in there most of these magic weapons you know we mentioned it before any of the magic swords, we're about to get a bunch of them. None of them have any of the true elemental effects they claim, so they're all just they're all just going to be cashed out. And then I think there are a few, uh, some less remarkable treasures in the elf castle. There's like one room you can loot that has a couple hundred gold and some stuff. Um, after that, I usually head back to Corneria. You can uh, zip right up to the Temple of Fiends, and there's those two doors there that were locked in here. You can find the Ware Sword. And the rune sword, which are both magic swords. What do they not do? Um, the rune sword is supposed to damage, do more damage to magic users and the wear sword against wear creatures. Um, they don't, but I think at least the rune sword, one of the few benefits of these weird swords is that you, if you have a thief, they cannot use the silver sword, but they can use a couple of these that are only a few points inferior to the silver sword. So you finally get some chops here. Heading back to Castle Corneria, you will find lots of goodies in here. Um, there's a few more. I think there's another sword. I think you get like an axe. The big thing you get here is the TNT. Dynamite. Oh, that's right. So we can take that to our final uh, reloot location, which is the Dwarven Caves. And uh, the dwarf will take his TNT and, and get to work on the canal. But there's also a room you can loot here. It has uh, a couple things. I think you have the dragon sword in here and some more armor and stuff. But all things considered, you're probably sitting on like eighty or 90,000 gold after you've looted all these swords, 
and other pieces of armor. You know, they're not all swords. A lot of them are just silver helmets or, you know, just things that are inferior to what you already have. And you can just get rid of them all. And you should. Okay, so now that we have this canal that joined the inner sea and the outer sea to the west. That's right. You can you can escape this this prison and sail to your dreams in our next episode. That's right. We're going to continue the quest another day because it's uh, we're getting a little long on the tooth here. So I think it's time to call it a night. And uh, so, yeah, adventurers, it's time to uh, hang up our swords for another week. Check into the inn. Yeah, yeah. Save the... So, so time to bunk up, bunk down in the inn. <laughs> That's right. We will continue our quest soon, and uh, we will come back. And then it's time to really start uh, rescuing uh, some orbs and fighting some fiends for for the real deal. Yep. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, there's plenty of ways to do it. Um, you can always email us at cartridgecommand at gmail dot com. Uh, we always like getting emails, but there's plenty of other ways to reach us. Our Eyes are always open um, on Facebook or, or, or Cart Command <clears throat> on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. I saw some, uh, you know, I saw some postage uh, recently the other day where Cartridge Commando Jason talked about using his favorite party, uh, the Red Mage, White Mage, and two Black Mages. Ooh. Yeah, magic. That's a it's a magical party, but uh, that's an expensive one for certain. I was certain. just about like, to say that sounds like a pretty expensive magic using party. Well, you know, if you don't have that many wizards at the end of the game, you're drowning in money. So maybe that's what it's there for, I guess. But I don't know. I would like to hear why why that would be a preferred party. Well, if you just like, you know, mages and any, stuff. And... Any details on that, Jason? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, anyone else. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, let us know at any, any way you can. Uh, what are your favorite parties and your favorite characters or least favorite? Let us know. The people want to know. And then, of course... We must bow down and pay homage to our lieges, and they are the patrons of uh, Cartridge Command, the awesome people who give us money to keep this uh, ship of sailing. So uh, thank you all. A thousand thank yous. It's your gill that keeps us going. That's right. Yeah. All your gill, your zenny. We'll take all the mesetas, all your all your RPG monies, please. We put every gold piece uh, to good use, and it's greatly appreciated. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And... As always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! As you cross that bridge to the north. Don't cut that.